Welcome to Fiction to Function. I'm Sean Melton. I'm Seth Melton. And I'm Adam Agnew. We are uh, very privileged today to have our old dear friend Adam. We figured out like moments ago that we've known each other for 14, 14 years. 14 years. So that's disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's been it's it's we it's been a it's it's a real pleasure because it kind of happened it's kind of serendipitous. Um, we had been I had talked about to Adam about a separate podcast, and uh, he'd been like, oh yeah, I'd been listening to you guys' podcast as well, right? And something like that. And then uh, I, I was like, well, we'd love to have you on, and he's like, I'm going to be in town because you live now in Vermont. In Vermont, right? Um, I think we're going to probably just jump right into uh, that. But before we do, I do want to say, wherever you follow us, um, be sure to you know do all the things, like, subscribe, leave a review, all the things that I... all. This is the plug. Please. Um, that having been said, Adam, where did we first meet? We first met at Taco Bell. At the Taco Bell. <laughs> so we talked about this a little bit before in the program. Um how there was like a group of high schoolers who went, who or high school right out of high school around that age, right, just barely, out right of high there, school, yeah. yes, sixteen through nineteen, kid, the old kids, I would say, yeah, all probably sixteen through eighteen, all kids from one group uh, went to the kids from two separate groups. Well, there was two separate high school groups. Yeah, weekly went to this. We taco had Bell. well, it started with like my OG group. We were going to Duffy's. And we would all meet right. there and take over like half the restaurant. And then it, it just got like out of hand. Yeah. And so some of us were like, we want a quieter place where we don't, I don't know. It just, it, it, it was getting out of hand at Duffy's. It's probably getting out of hand at Duffy's. And I'm, I'm going to take a stab. Oh, by the way, if you're not in Florida, Duffy's is like a local. Local food. sports. It's the official club. sports bar. The of, official sports bar. Of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> okay. um, but it's like a family friendly kind of yeah. restaurant. It's, it's. Yeah, started as a bar. Yeah, started as like a not so family friendly. No, just bar. a bar. Yeah, and uh, evolved into a guy patented, and that's our plug for Duffy's, I guess. And now they uh, have arcades. Yeah, now they've got arcades. For... Stadium mugs. Right, <laughs> and uh, we uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say that 20 percent of the people probably ate food when you went. 20 would be generous. So that stinks. <clears throat> Yeah, and I say that because I've been I've lived both sides of that. I used to go with a group to go to Duffy's because they had karaoke, and I was I, I'm ashamed. I look and back at that time in my life, and I'm mm. like, I'll just have like a brownie Sunday, please, and then sit there for two and a half hours. Well, and of that twenty percent, at least like a solid ten to fifteen weren't paying. Yeah. So you had like those three individuals that would like get <sighs> food or eat. They would. They got a basket of fries. We're not here to crap on them. But, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> I am here. I, I do want to use this as a plug to say, t- don't hold up a table and please tip your servers generously. Yeah. I say that and because I live like a... That. Well, in all honesty, that's why like the group that, that I was a part of, the, the reason we fractured off of that was because we were getting that reputation of oh, like yeah. the group that was taking up literally half the restaurant on a weekly basis yeah. and like always causing trouble and we just didn't want to be a part of that. And so we... Shh. Branched off, and I, I couldn't tell you how we ended up at Taco Bell. I honestly don't have an answer to that question. It's like three blocks away, so maybe it was proximity, you know? Probably but... proximity and the fact that you're it's going to be hard to get shamed at Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but somehow we ended up, I, I think we knew somebody else that was hanging out at Taco Bell, but we ended up there and met 
and by we, I don't remember who else was with me, but it was me and not by myself. Yeah, it was a whole crew of you guys. Yeah, because I met like because there's a bunch of uh, friends that we have to this day, um, Shiloh, Doug, yeah, yeah. David, and yeah. okay, and all of these people were uh, people that I met that same day I met you. Yeah. Um, briefly, one more thing, and and again, I do want to 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 just drive that home because. What I was going to say is I'm like, I've lived both sides of that server thing because I used to be that person when I was like in high school and then I was a server for eight years, which, I mean, you can call that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pentons. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, yeah, that was, that was my penance. Thank you. I was, Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, think I, I think I was looking for, uh, what is it? You do the one thing, religious thought, ideology. Why am I totally forgetting this word? Philosophy, this word? uh... Karma. No oh my idea. gosh. Wow. I was trying to say karma. I know. I farted out on karma. <laughs> but penance works. <laughs> is, I like is, penance better. It has more of a Tom, sting to it. Thomas Paine, <laughs> Thomas Paine said time makes more converts than reason. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm a living example of that. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, all of that behind us. So we met at Taco Bell. And I remember because... Seth, do you remember Adam's name? No name. Yeah. yeah. No name. Yeah, I was no name. Because I didn't know your name. <coughs> well, the, I think the first two times we hung out at Taco Bell, we never discussed names. It was yeah, just Yeah, but like, we talked about stuff. We talked about a ton of stuff. We had these, And I'm, I'm actually notorious for doing this, where I will meet somebody, like, at, maybe at a show or at a bar or something like that, and have, like, a two-hour-long conversation and leave and be like, yeah, that guy I was talking to, they're like, what's his name? Be like... Have literally no idea. Never even asked him. But just had like one of the deepest conversations of my life with a guy that I would never know his name. Right. And so that was like with you guys where we hung out like twice. Yeah. And didn't know each other's names. It was like on that third time we were like, what is even your name? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I, I, I remember saying, I'm just going to call you no name. And I remember you standing by the swinging door uh, surrounded by what I imagine now were like Taco Bell employees rolling their eyes. And I was like, I'm just going to call you no name. And you're like, no name, I shall stay. And you left. <laughs> obviously, that didn't last too long. Um, no, I think, I think Dave, Dave ruined it. Didn't yeah, he? I think that's what it, That sounds completely right. And yeah. I never knew why it was, and I'm sure that that was. Because yeah. I can hear him going like, oh, now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after that, and I, I think that we started to get, we started to get really close to... Um, the like Doug and David and you were very yeah. close with their family growing yeah. up, and so I think that that's where we started to to get a real connection. And this is interesting because we used to I lived about thirty minutes. Me and we all lived. Me and my brothers lived mm-hmm. thirty minutes south. Mm-hmm. Um, so me, Seth, and and Shane mm-hmm. would go up north, like every weekend. And uh, we finally um, started to realize because we would like crash at like a friend's house or whatever. Because I think I worked on the weekends. And all of our friends group was there. We grew up uh, in this portion of town that we wound up hanging out in. And then we moved for like three years or something, 30 minutes south. And it was, you know, not conducive to our, our friends group. And so eventually I was like, I just need to find a place. And I'll never forget this because I was walking to Wendy's to and uh, going to get something to eat. because so we were crashing over. Actually, Jubal's parents' house. And you and Dave picked me up. Because you guys were... Do you remember this? Not really? Not really, no. So we were driving. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? We, you, you were dri- we were driving. We went back to, to Hunt Club, right? No, you picked us... At this point, you guys picked us up. You guys were, like, yelling at me from the car. Okay. Again, we were hooligans. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, 
who are a rowdy bunch. And you were yelling, you guys were like, hey! And we, you pit, you, I jumped in your car, and we went, I was like, I'm going to Wendy's. You guys, we were going to Wendy's. Um, and we got there, and I was like, yeah, guys, I'm, I gotta be honest with you, I'm trying to find a place. Because, and you were like, yeah, well, you'll be honest with you, I'm gonna try, I'm trying to find a place. And I was like, dude, we should find a place. Yeah. Which, we've talked about this before, I would never do that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a risky business. To be like, dude, let's we could be cool bros. Like I didn't know you that well. No, yeah, we could because not long after we met at Taco Bell, <laughs> like I I I moved to Vermont for a year and a half. That's right. Like just split. Yep. And we had I think so when you only, first came back. We probably yeah, we had only known each other for like what, six months, maybe, yeah. not even. And yeah. Then, and then I left for and a year. And we got and close and a half. to Doug and David while you were gone. Yeah, exactly. Like you guys became really close yeah. with Pick with the Muspix while I was gone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I come back. And we just randomly reconnect. Yeah. Like, not long after I got back, like no. I was probably only in town for like a couple weeks. That's what I'm saying. And then that's when you picked me up and you're like, yeah, I'm trying to find a place myself. Yeah. And I was like, we should get a place. And again, I really could feel like that couldn't work out. And it's, you know, call it whatever you want. Fate, destiny, divine providence, whatever you want to call it. But it, it wound up being that it really worked out. Yeah. And it's been a long lasting friendship. We've talked, you know, I know you and I have talked a lot where it's like, if I feel like there's someone who doesn't understand this specific part of life, I almost always know you do. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, no, it was weird how unlikely it was to work, but it's it did, like, immediately. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, me, Jubal, Matt. Who you all will meet eventually. Yeah, and then your brother's being up there every weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it just clicked so immediately. Yeah, yeah. it did. Um, like, which <laughs> probably will play somewhat into our final, my final question before we get into what we're talking about, which I'm talking, I always talk about it like it's like, going to be the curtain will be revealed and then you'll know and it's like if you've clicked this episode then you know what it's titled <laughs> but i'm going to continue doing it um that said uh the, the next thing that we kind of like to go into is what was your relationship with stories or fiction novels comics whatever it is growing up well like you guys i'm irish and right. i feel like the irish uh, scottish as well i think if you have a celtic background which is naturally storytellers I don't know why that is, you okay. know, but I feel like we have a propensity. And think about everybody in this house. We're either writing music or taking photos or making videos or, or writing stories. Like, we're all storytellers. And yeah. so because of that, I feel like we have a natural affinity towards stories. And whether they're fiction or nonfiction, we right. we just gravitate towards stories, you know. It's how, that's how I lived my life for a long time. Why I moved in with you, like, on just on a whim. Like, I need a roommate. You need a roommate. Right. Like, let's get a house. Oh, we found a house. Let's just move in. Like, that's about as much thought as we put into that. Right. And we just did it. And I, a lot of, a big part of me was like, this is good or bad. This is going to be a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so because of that, like, fiction, stories in general, I, I you know, I don't want to it's not necessarily just fiction, but stories, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously fiction is, it is a story. And it's... Well, and I like that you say that because that's something we try to drive home. Sometimes when I feel uncomfortable even asking the question, um, what's your relationship with fiction? Because that's kind of really what I am asking is what, to what level do stories impact your life? And I specifically talk about fiction because I think that there's often a lot of themes. I mean, and the good fiction, right? And the stuff that's not, uh, Triple X to <laughs> the return of Xander Cage yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like in, in, in legitimate, and I hate to say that because it sounds so pretentious, but Ethan Hawke says if you're, it might sound pretentious, but at least I'm trying. I guess that's kind of where I'm at right now. But I'm like, I, in, the, in the stuff that really is trying to convey something deeper, I think that it, it, 
it can be interesting to address certain themes that you might not otherwise. And we've yeah. talked about that a lot here. Um, and it's interesting that you bring it up from this perspective because you've always been, I mean, if I had like three adjectives to describe you, adventurous would probably be one of them. Adventurous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting. And that kind of was, that was how you were when you were young too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've always been adventurous. I mean, you guys knew I was, I, even when we lived together, I was so transient, you know what I mean? I would, I would leave for three months and go live in Baltimore or yeah. go to Europe for a month, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, on, on tour or go spend three weeks in the Keys. Like, yeah, I was just, I was kind of a yes man for a while. It was like, here's an opportunity to do this. Don't know how that's going to work. Don't have any money, but let's figure it out, right. you know, for sure. Yeah. yeah and, and I, I also love that you talk, because this is something, Seth, we talked about this a lot where we're like, I could not do the stuff that when I was young, the risks that I would take and like the like the sleep like we slept, slept in people's backyard. Because oh, like that was yeah. fun. Like that's fun, right? Like you said, it's like this is a story to tell. No, I'm like not stuff, again. I could not we do used it. Dude. To get into like breaking into abandoned buildings. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like climbing. I mean all kinds of places. We I, did. We took pictures. We have pictures. Oh, yeah. There's pictures on Facebook of that. Yeah. No, and I mean even like when I was a kid, like, my, yeah. like me and my sister, we yeah. used to like climb under fences, and we used to go. My grandmother lived. I grew up in Maryland, and my grandmother lived, like, right on the Chesapeake Bay next to, like, this this harbor, like this, and there was, like, boats, you know, and we would sneak into this marina and go climb onto people's boats and just have fun yeah. on our houseboat. Oh, yeah, we were the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, the, yeah, you know, I was talking to my boss recently about it. I'm like, you know, I think that we're, we honestly, you can say what you will about millennials and whatnot, but I'm like, we're the last generation that, like, we're out till the lights came on. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? We, like we were we the were last it. ones to really understand like that like that bucolic childhood yeah. that has been so romanticized in like 80s movies. Yeah, you know yeah what you're mean? right. Like, like the 90s, like we, I, I honestly feel like we had the last glimpse of that. Yeah. yeah. Like you got attacked by a dog and you can't show your dad or else you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, he's going to be more mad at you because why, <laughs> yeah, why, why were you oh, messing yeah, with the dog? I yeah. freaking broke my face skateboarding and the first thing I said to my dad was I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think that it's, I, I do, you're, I mean, I love that the way you put it, Seth. You're like, you know, we're out till, you know, the sun goes down because that's what the way it was. I remember being like, no matter where you were, you had to try to find your way back home. We were also on the cusp of that next generation where we figured out you could turn the lights back off with a laser pointer. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's like true. that's what separates us from our parents. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we had we had parts of it. We had we had most of it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've, I've used a dial phone. I know we're like we're trying to sound old, but like yeah. we we get it. Yeah. yeah obviously. Yeah. Obviously. That, yeah. that ability to be to to exercise that adventurous nature without any really any boundaries you yeah know what i mean like it to it, as much as a kid needs boundaries you know well and really engaging with your imagination yeah. well, imagination and your environment which is something that like why would you go engage with a abandoned boat if you can like defeat you know um nazis in a video game right it's like you know that's what gets tricky with yeah with you know where we didn't have i mean i we had video games late in our childhood right but yeah, yeah. i got them much later on and mm-hmm. even when i did get them i never had i think because my imagination developed outside and like with toys and with my own hands like yeah. it was such like 
because I developed it without any other external input, really. It was just yeah. what my mind created. That by the time I got to video games, I had very little attention span for them. Yeah. As long sense. as I can remember, I could never go more than like a half hour. Like an hour would be like a lot for no, me to sit in front that. of a TV. You, know? yeah. Yeah. you guys remember when we lived I, together? We, yeah. like, we, we'd play zombies and like if I got through three rounds, I like that was it. That's yeah. all I could do. No, it's true. <laughs> no, and I, I think that that's... Um, I think that's an important part of it is the, of, of course, is the imagination aspect. And again, being able to funnel that through, um, we've, I, 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 I've said this so many times on this podcast, it's almost embarrassing because it sounds like it's like I've read two authors in my life. <laughs> but C.S. Lewis, when he says, you know, the one day you'll be old enough to read fairy tales again. I think that that's it because when you're young, at least, and I hope that kids still have this. I think that they might by the time, like, if we have kids, I don't know. When I was in high so? school, like my my little nephew or my my cousins who were, I mean, I was like my godson. You know, what I mean? sure. like we were separated enough in age that like when I was in high school, they were just still little kids. Right. And I remember one like like let's go outside and play, guys. You know, I was like a senior, I think, in high school. Yeah. And I was, I was like, yeah, let's go outside and play. And they're like. What do we do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you like? We can do literally anything. Yeah. Like this stick whatever is a your mind, now. Yeah. This. Whatever you pick up and hold in your hand can be anything in a part of a story that you've created in your mind, right. and and, a, and the world is whatever your mind makes it. And they just didn't grasp the concept. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, I think I must be like seventeen at the time, and I'm like, how is it that I have a greater grasp on the idea of imagination yeah. than my than my well, cousins who and that's are? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think there's like this five year span. Like we like missed. I, I think like probably if you're, I honestly think if you're like twenty. 23 maybe or 20 24 maybe you like that was it yeah like anyone younger than that um which we i know you know but i almost wonder though if it will come back because like so for example facebook not cool to like high school kids don't care about it no they're about instagram right like most kids i know who are like you know because uh i think it's just any of my cousins or anything like that that are in high school they're not interested and so i'm wondering if it will make a return because even like so we have a little cousin who that it's similar actually, um, who is, I think he just turned 10, and he's mm-hmm. much more adventurous. He's into going outside. He wants to look for frogs. He wants to look for toads. He wants to, and I, I'm like, I'm, I hope it makes a comeback. Yeah, hopefully. The pendulum, and I, this is like a, 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 a how I live my life, or it's like, like a mantra of mine. It's like the pendulum will, it, it always comes back the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. It always does. Yeah. It just, like, the difference is how far it's swung on in a particular trip but it always goes back the other way and i feel like we are starting to see that pendulum shift of you know where we what we saw starting in the 80s really mm-hmm. like realistically and we're 90s kids so this yeah. this kind of started before really our, our generation but we saw the progression of this attachment to technology yes and i think we're just starting to see the pendulum shift and swing the other way mm-hmm. the same way that you see like in most industries where everything went digital and now we're starting to see it come back to analog you know what i mean yes, absolutely. i think you're, you're starting to see the same obsession with technology you're mm-hmm. starting to see where people like outdoors and and be and it, like being on an adventure and the idea yeah. of like connecting with things that are not technology, I feel like that has become appealing because it's so foreign. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No, I think that that's fair. Let me... And it's cyclical. You're you're going to see it swing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. So, um, briefly, do you think that there's anything else you want to say on the why it is that stories and adventure, like, what do you, what you think you got out of it so much? Um, I feel like, you know, I... Well, you guys obviously know, but without going into a lot of it, like I had, I had a rough childhood, so I feel like stories were a respite for me, mm-hmm. you know. And it's funny because 
you we the three of us have like almost an identical beginning to our our love of fiction with Star Wars and Indiana Jones yes. and mm-hmm. Ghostbusters and you know what I mean and like all, all that like I remember I had these neighbors across the street from from where where I lived in, in Maryland and they had this the most massive like VHS collection I'd ever seen like in my mind their house was like Blockbuster you know <laughs> right but it was across the street and it was free and she I was and probably I, like 35 VHSs yeah it was, <laughs> it was like just one bookshelf yeah, yeah. Really. but you're like oh but these are so big we had, well the VHSs are so yeah. thick yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they and they would let me borrow movies like whenever I wanted really and I would, and I only would ever borrow six six <laughs> VHSs the three Indiana Jones and the three Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> and that was it that's so and they, they would always ask me like like why is it that that that's all you borrow and I, I, I think I had some response of like because what else am I going to borrow that's yeah because that's yeah. pretty much to it to the point that's where the this, and this is this is a funny story this is so true they went on vacation one summer and so I couldn't go over to borrow Indiana Jones so I went to the library and I found they had Temple of Doom and I and I and I rented it from the library or whatever checked it out yeah. and I brought it home but it was one for deaf people so there was or blind people rather so there was just this lady like explaining what That's was happening so the entire funny. time. Oh yeah. my god! Imagine like watching a movie and just having somebody explain to you what's happening. Does the it play? Entire time. Yeah, the movie's playing, but there's That's just a lady like hilarious. plane flying over a map, superimposed. There it looks like they're in the Himalayas now. They're landing. There's a pub. Like literally, it's just really. Like, That's like the whole opening sequence That's of like so Temple. Funny. Did you watch it? Oh, I watched the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. We our mom would like rod like go garage shopping and like bring back stuff like that like right. she'd be like here here's a video like like it would be like a foreign it would be like yes we finally have this movie it would be like a foreign movie that is like dubbed over but like the translation is the english subtitles are like from another movie so it's like <laughs> yeah you know well there was a few we had a few that's one of my favorite things i own my mom and this was recent within like the last like five years or something 10 years probably, 10 years yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so old. I said just earlier, Adam said something about being 20, and I was like, well, I'm 21 now. And I'm like, oh, no, that was 10 years ago. Um, uh, but I, uh, which you being here probably helped that. Well, but, yeah. But so I, I wound up, uh, I, my mom, our mom, God bless her soul, she bought, uh, I'll show it to you later today. I might take a picture of it and put it up on the Instagram post for Fiction of Function because she bought us a, a, uh, a Revenge of the Sith bootleg. And it's like, and, and I don't know why she got it for us too, because she gave it to us for Christmas or something. And it's like, it's it's like a, a flat, it's a it's as flat as you can see. It's like a piece of paper with a DVD inside it. And the, the description for it is the greatest thing that you will like. It's so funny. And the entire, like all of the, um, all of the, uh, the, what is it called? Like the, description yeah no like all of the when it says at the bottom when it talks about like directed by yeah yeah, all of that is for a movie called game of death starring chuck norris and they just like posted that on there and then if you watch it so good yeah and if you watch it the subtitles are to a movie that i i'd only heard of because of this it like starts off and it's like i was four years old before i could speak a word and i was like what is this talking about it's so good i think what you have is a gem Oh, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's going to become valuable at some point. Well, we say in our... our it honestly is. Think about it. We've yeah. kind oh, of... Yeah. We kind of have in our... In, you know... Because I... Right now... Um, like, if this world turns to Blade Runner, that's going to be a collectible item. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually say that we, we have kind of like... So, uh, for uh, a frame of reference for listeners, I'm actually engaged. 
Um, and I'm going to eventually obviously be moving out of the house that I'm in. But right now I live with like one of my brothers and three of our friends. And within our house, we say that that's one of like our house's infinity stones. For like, is like, is that that? There's like five of them that were like, that thing needs to, if these items are kept together, it's too powerful. We need to like separate them. Um, so uh, with that, um, I remember that, and this is one of the things I really loved and where I was like, I knew we were going to be fast friends is after we moved in together, we watch movies all the time. Like every night. Yeah. No, it was, that was, well, we also had three couches and a massive living room. Right. And all we had, like, none of us, like, we didn't really do things back then. You know what I mean? Like we all worked, I worked full time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were working, Matt, you know, I think part time, but a lot, we we all all worked. You know what I mean? Like we, we had lives and. The curse of Florida even is like, if you don't have money and you you don't like the beach. Yeah. You don't do it. You just don't. So like watching movies. Yeah. Was, that was the thing. That's what we did mm-hmm. for entertainment because we didn't go out. We didn't party. We didn't go to bars and drink and right. like, do it. Like we, we just, like that was what we did. We hung out and watched movies it, with our big friggin' three couches. <laughs> which, by the way, is a total sidebar. You're going to see, at, whether it's, again, whether it's this time you're visiting or next time you're visiting, you're going to see because Seth lives now in the house that we rented yeah. 10 years ago is, mm-hmm. again, fate or Full destiny circle. would happen. Yeah. But that living room, not huge. Not as huge as we thought it was when we had 19 people in there. I remember it feeling there. like two full living rooms. Oh, I know. You Adam, know? I know. Wait till you see this thing. Wait till you see that whole house because the... Like, I feel like it was enough play, It was enough space to play catch in. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, it's wild. I mean, hopefully. That's how I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Considering you know you've I mean? got a kid on the way, Seth. Hopefully yeah. it's like large remember, enough to Remember have. when Newcomb used to kick the door in and throw his keys across the room and wait and hope they hit the hook? Oh, I yeah. do remember that. And they hit it more than it should have. <laughs> Did he ever get it? One time. I, I remember did. being yeah, there one yeah, time. Yeah, and we once. all lost our minds. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. But for months. Again, more often than it should have. Like, yeah. One time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so I, that was, I know that that was, it wound up being a, prom, uh, a, a, a prominent feature in our relationship. Moving on kind of to what you chose. You chose. Signs. Signs. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And starring Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix. And, um, and what is your first memory of seeing this film? Oh, man. Uh, the first time I saw Signs, it... When did that come out? 2002. 2001? Yeah. That makes sense, because I remember watching it with the Mustafics. Okay. And that would have been when I moved here, because I moved here freshman year of high school. Which From where? from South Carolina okay and that would have been I think 2001 so it makes sense that so I remember I remember watching it uh, at a house that you you guys never met them there that was yeah long no. before we were still in high school the house sure. with a loft you've heard stories about yes. it yes I'm sure and we watched it there and I remember one particularly memorable night we were watching it it might have been just me and Doug or me and Dave and it was it was in the evening, so it was dark outside, and we had the lights off, and we're watching it in their big kind of like cavernous living room. <laughs> right. And it's quiet, and we got the TV on with the sound system, and right at like the freakiest moment, like you know when he's in the closet and they show yep. the thing, and it's the first time you see it, and it's like jarring. 
Yeah, no, no, on the bushes on, on TV when it comes when it comes out of the bushes. Oh, yeah, I was gonna ask you when you said the freakiest part of the movie. I was like, there's a couple in here. I want to know what you yeah. think it is. I agree with you. But there, that's it. That's the freakiest part of that movie. That really is. More, I think so. More than the hand. I think so. Yeah. More than the hand, more than when you actually see it. Yeah. More than when you're, uh, when you see it's, like you said, it's hand, but when you, more than when you see it's leg in the field. Yeah, exactly. No. Like that it is It moves the just slow enough to creep you out. Yeah, and it, it has that legit home footage feel to yeah. it. Yeah. It has that like, God, like that, it sounds funny to say, but like that Bigfoot footage, but you're like, but that's for real? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like I said, it's, it's jarring. I'm getting goosebumps yeah. now. And right at the moment that that happened, mom had come into the kitchen and we didn't hear her and she flicked the lights on. So that happens where you're like, oh, and then the lights come on and we're like, oh! we like, we're crawling <laughs> over the couch, jumping and running. We're like, mom, what are you doing? And of course we freaked her out because I don't think, like, you know, she, she turns know. the lights on and we started screaming at her. Like, she's insane too the stuff she's got put through oh man the people be like what were you thinking she's like I was gonna make you snacks yeah and we're like, like well, think about it next yeah. time we're, like, we're watching a- <laughs> what is wrong with you mom meanwhile she came down to make us like a gallon of waffles you oh know what I mean oh my gosh like- <laughs> honestly though that scene and I think that what's so magnificent about it as well is that it you know, they tell you it's coming they tell yeah. you you're gonna be scared of what exactly. we're gonna show you and that that's oh my gosh that's Fantastic. how well that movie is shot, how well it's put together. Yeah. Like, even just, like, aside from, like, the story, and we'll dig into that, obviously, but the, like, the visuals of that film are so powerful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it's, and that's one of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could have shown that in any number of ways, but having it set up where you're watching it, like, you feel like you're watching it in real time. Yes. With... Joaquin's character, you know what I mean, uh, yes. Meryl. You're, you're, you, you feel like you are there in the closet with him. Yes. you know what I mean, watching it. It happens, and you have that same guttural. Well, even the way that when he's, yeah, it. when he stands up and he's like, free, I don't know, it's, yeah. just, it's done really well. Yeah, Do I think you, it's the whole charm of the uh, movie in itself, right there. I mean, but it's just the idea that like you're like in the shoes of the people as they're experiencing this like invasion you're kind of trapped you know what i mean house. so it's like yeah. yeah it's like you're 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 you know what i mean that's exactly how you would well, that's the beauty see. of it you're getting like you hear something bad and you look them. yeah you, you're like internet you know and, and yeah. yeah yeah there's that movie is very much shot like kind of like first person like you are not mm-hmm. all knowing in this story there's no, no narrator you are experiencing it with them yeah. as it happens turn off the radio and kind of in the middle of nowhere you, you yeah know i mean like like the scene where the dog gets violent and attacks mm-hmm. the kids, yes. you know, like you don't see that happen. No. You have like um, Mel Gibson's character and Graham, Graham and Meryl when they run, like you hear something or you don't hear anything. It's yeah. like you know, I don't hear my kids, and they're with the the cop, the sheriff, and they run back, and and you're just you are you are responding to it and reacting to it in real time with the characters, and the entire movie is like that, yeah, yeah. which is brilliant, so well done. Do you remember the first time we saw it, Seth? I do. Yeah, we saw it in theaters, yep. and we saw it um, a lot of times. Yeah, I remember our. Um, you know, I think people can say what they want about M Night, especially now in hindsight. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> okay, but uh, what I have to give them um, is the fact that you know I know it's like, it would almost be like disrespectful to say like M Night, but if you grew up in two thousand. Like, the amount of people that were talking about this, you had, like, grandmas talking about this movie. You That's had, true. Like, like, everybody from um, all different walks of life were A talking. A bunch of different age groups. Yeah, yeah we're talking about. The Sixth about. Sense, he, uh, he burst onto the scene, and then all of his films were... Mm-hmm. The, the next few after that. He had a long was a lot run of, of very successful movies. Yeah, yeah, that were not like anything else out there, and that, I think that that's where, like, the uh, the 
mirroring of like and and you can tell he's inspired by Hitchcock you know but oh yeah whatever the case um yeah I remember we went to we went to like the critic reviews were like this is crazy so mom took us to it and um yeah I just remember it was like a packed theater and um the the music came on and it's like that music so yeah and like there was like six people that walked out right off the bat they were like hell no (laughs) yeah yeah and uh they walked out and we watched it and then I think we saw it like two more times. Yeah. But uh, I just remember, yeah, it being a big deal, not to us, but to everybody. Well, yeah, I remember mom and, um, being stoked about it. I can't remember what made her because she was a little bit more guarded with that stuff. I think that part of it was Mel Gibson. Yeah. Because our, always, our uh, family liked him growing up a lot. Me. Yeah. And um, they were big fans of uh, our aunt in particular, but, but mom liked him too. And I think mm-hmm. there was this element where... Um, like you said, when everybody's talking about it, even though the critics' reviews, it's very they're very mixed. For uh, Sixth Sense did very well; that was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. But then you have the next two films in particular, because the ones I always think of are Signs, and I think this is the one after is The Village, yeah. which I know you talked about maybe bringing to the table as well. Both films that I still like, yeah. and it's interesting yeah. because when you watch like so, like Roger Ebert gave that like he gave it four stars; he gave it its highest rating. And then there's a lot of other people who gave it, like, no, 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 science. science, Um, And then a lot of other people kind of gave it, you know, less than ideal ratings. And I was talking to Seth about this, because for a long time I was like, I just don't get it. And I understand a little bit of it now, because I see how, like, someone could perceive um, the way that they're acting and the way it's directed as a little stale. But I think that that was part of the the mode that he was going for. I I could see how somebody who's looking for an entertaining alien movie or yes. a post-apocalyptic movie mm-hmm. would, would see it as stale. I think they're or just... boring. It's or... just a misunderstanding of what that movie's about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I that. think it's far from stale. It's it's yeah. They are powerful movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sixth Sense, Signs in particular, The Village to a similar degree. Like, yeah. They were really powerful movies. Well, his yeah. films seem to be... They tend to be very much about the theme, which for me is well, great. Because I think... Because that's what I'm interested in really watching. It's about the theme, but the way he tells the story has a lot... He uses the sets and everything that is in frame on camera as part of the story to an extent that a lot of people don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So much of the story isn't being told by the dialogue mm-hmm. and it's not being told by the actors. It's being told about the the actual situation that they're in and every single part of it, what's hanging on the wall, mm-hmm. what is in frame, what's out of frame, yeah. how the camera's moving. Like He tells the story using... But he tries to put you in the shoes of the character and then your imagination fills in the rest. And yeah. I like that with him in general. Like even Lady in the Water, which gets yeah. wrecked, but that's a great movie. It's like, I enjoy you know, Lady in the Water. I don't care. Um, yeah, because even that, I get the it's, argument. It's like you're you're a maintenance worker like... for a hotel, and now you're thrown in a fairy tale, real life fairy tale. Yeah, and yeah. that's what the movie is. And this, you're a farmer who's lost his faith, and now you, uh, you know, and you're thrown into uh, invasion from right. space. You know, which is such a weird because in in, in my opinion, and you guys. You know, I, I guess sh- share your opinion, but I feel like the movie. A lot of people think it's about an alien invasion. I don't think the movie's about that. No, no. It's it's about a family dealing with the loss. Yeah. And it happens to be happening during an alien invasion. You know what yeah. I mean? And that is that is the catalyst for what tests the family. It's the catalyst for what brings them through the the arc of the story. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's I it's not even about that. I totally agree, and I think that that's something in general. <clears throat> once again to go back to like the fact that I think it's easy to dog on M. Knight at this point due to his last couple movies, which is, I'm not going to 
They were shit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'll say it. Right. I'll say it. Like, yeah, but he was. He was. He was my hero, and to an extent, he still is. Like, he's still gonna earn his 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 respect for yeah. what he did. That was great. Yeah. But he did some shit. Oh yeah, he definitely pulled some shit. You know. <laughs> um, but whatever the case, I think that what I like so much about his movies, especially the early ones, is the fact that like they 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 were suspenseful, but they had um, they had meaning behind them, which I think is just something yeah. that. Uh, movies lack in general it's like it's easy to make uh you know i'm not gonna dog it was on a it, deeper but, meaning it wasn't like you were trying right, to convey a message or some kind of like yeah, social exactly. justice message or whatever right. it was like it was a meaning that you understood right. in your soul by experiencing what the characters in the movie were you're like, human yeah. you're you're going through this emotional train with them yeah and so it's 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 something where like the emotion is understood rather than yeah. uh, like directly translated yes. to you. Well, so for a good example, I would say in comparison is uh, to the like a, you know what what we're talking about here is like uh, a quiet place. Yeah. Uh, did you see that? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna roast that movie, but it's like that movie was completely about aliens that came and they can and they're like invading and now you have to. It's like post apocalyptic. It was about a family. It was, but they. But it, but it, but it, but it's, but it's, it's the, 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 to the theme of the, the thing that you're, the thing that was trying, it was trying to catch you on was they gotta all be quiet, which that's fine, that's right. like an interesting concept, I right. guess, but it's more devoid. This is that's not what this is about at all. Yeah, but this is not is all about, about an alien the family dealing with loss, but on top of that, all the other themes that right. sure we're gonna ju- jump into. But it's like, but you find that with all of them, nights, well, all of his earlier movies is that there's kind of there's a lot of layers, you know. Um, that. Well, well, I think what separates <clears throat> the Sixth Sense and Signs mm-hmm. and the Village, apart from movies like A Quiet Place, yeah. is, and, and I keep coming back to this, the fact that you are experiencing what's happening in real time with the characters as well. Yeah. So you are understanding the story and growing along with the characters. So it kind of it it, it puts you. Yeah, you're right. Kind them, of from their perspective. From their perspective, and so you feel connected to them. Yeah. It's like we have gone through this together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas with movies like A Quiet Place, um, that's not so much the case. No. And it's not like there's this family going through a horrible situation, and yeah. also they have to deal with aliens. It's like there's a family going through a horrible situation because of this alien invasion, and that's going to be kind of that's the, the catch. current of the whole movie. That's, that's yeah, that's, that's the whole the hook. Catch. The yeah. whole hook is there's an alien to be, invasion. Which is a difference of what you're saying, and yeah. there's the a the family trying to survive it. Well, yeah, right. <clears throat> Even stuff like uh, when they go into town and stuff. It's like if you ever have been here for like a really bad hurricane. It's like the calm before the storm, or mm-hmm. the calm in the storm. Right. Yeah. It's like like there's just these, and then like going into town and turning off the radio for the kids, and there's these little things that you're like, it puts you in the these shoes that you're like, what would I do? I probably would do that. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't know. It's so much more relatable. It's just he just, um, I don't know. He brings humanity to all of his movies, and uh, it also keeps the whole alien invasion thing more in the periphery, and yeah, like that's it's so. It's so removed from what's really happening in front of you. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yep. So that, to, like, the point, like, to the point where, like, when it actually gets into it and they're, like, having to hide in the cellar and all that, mm-hmm. you're kind of, like, it, it, it feels like such a kind of a fast progression because you've been isolated from it in the same way that he's isolated his family from it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, and it's definitely, it, it's definitely a slow burn. Yeah. Which I think, in terms of the alien piece, but again, like you said, and, and I want to, um, I'll say this. This is always. I'm always gonna have a special place in this heart, and, and 
this art and this whole art yeah. for for uh, for for M Night's signs yeah. um, and really I think all of those pictures and I think that the reason specifically with signs is that this came out at a point because I think we said do we determine it came out in two thousand two. I believe. So I was probably 14. That. I was yeah. probably 14 when it came out. Mm-hmm. And that was right about when I started watching, like, more movies, more than, like, you know, of course, like, I had, like, the Star Wars, and there was, like, some, like, you know, romantic comedies, whatever my mom was into, mm-hmm. or older films. But I started being like, I want to see what else is out there. And Signs was one of the first... It was during that period of time. So it's always going to be like, wow, movies can be this. Yeah. yeah. This is what you can do with film, which is, it's, you know, it's always going to have a special place in my heart you know, for that reason. But all that having been said, we talked a lot about like, well, it's not really what it's about and, and a lot of the technical aspects of the film. So when we talk about what it's about, let's go into that some. So I think what I what Signs is, it's a lot, of, it, it's about a family experiencing a loss, going right. through growing, going through a traumatic event and then processing that. And that's not immediately apparent because you don't really, you get like, only a few flashbacks throughout the movie mm-hmm. and understanding that like when the movie takes place like his wife only died like four months before that yeah it's pretty recent you know it's it's very recent and and because of his wife's death he has he's struggling with his faith you know so this is a movie about a pastor a reverend you know struggling with his faith and kind of losing his faith mm-hmm. and then so he lost his wife. That causes him to question his faith. And then they're having this life-altering event. And I think kind of like also like a fourth thing that I would add to that is this idea. Like you, you see a lot of times this concept that like, you know, <clears throat> whether you believe in aliens or not, there's always this idea that like if aliens are ever proven real, that it would like shoot down all religions kind of right. thing. You know what I mean? So there's also this like concept of they go through this alien invasion and he, I mean, obviously there's spoiler alerts, but yeah, well, we're, yeah, yeah, we're, we're far, far past that. that. Yeah. Like, but he ends up regaining his faith because, yeah. you know, through this. Yeah. And, and I, I think that shouldn't go unnoticed, you know, no. the, the transformation of him in the beginning, like rejecting his faith and then going through this whole process that you would think would, would, would by itself have somebody question their faith. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I've been a Christian all these years, and now there's I find out there's aliens. You know right. what I mean? And it's like, but no, he ends up. And I don't think it's for a personal reason. It's a personal reason. I think it has less to do with the aliens. I think the aliens throughout this movie typically are always kind of like the catalyst for this family to be going through. I mean, they're going through the different stages of grief. You know, during the movie, mm-hmm. but during a, an alien invasion. You know right. what I mean? Which is just this side plot to the whole thing but you see that through that it's like it causes him to to be able to process through his grief and and kind of refine his faith through the connection that he has with his family because of this traumatic event right yeah yeah i mean i think that um no i i agree with all of that i think i i you know i thought it was interesting because um watching it this time again it's just something where you know i i personally have a, quite a few problems with religion and all that uh and a huge aspect of religion is this idea that like there's signs and there's divine powers and you know mm-hmm. that talk to you and whatnot but um what's fascinating is that you kind of have to come to this conclusion that like everything matters or nothing like everything leads to something or uh nothing leads to anything you know what I mean? So it's, uh, even with the movie being called Signs, as it is, you know, 
I find it to be a fascinating um, thing because you have this guy who, uh, once again, a, a reverend, reverend, and um, you know loses his faith, understandably, because you know, he goes through this traumatic thing and uh, he can't make sense of it and he can't reconcile it with his faith and you know, and uh, yeah, and it, but once again, I think that he's smart enough to know if I can't. What happens, I think, with people is that. I think it's easier when they get faced with such hard uh, things like losing a loved one, especially one so close to you. I think it's easy to um, to throw everything out. Yes. Then to sort through it. You know yes. what I mean? I think that that's a huge, that's a lot of what's going on here, you know, uh, with, uh, what's his name? Not Graham. Wilson. Graham. Graham. Okay, yeah. Um, but anyways, it's just fascinating because it's like, you know, I think that I love how he like constantly like... Uh, uh, Walking Phoenix is like starts to kind of like him and Walking Phoenix and the kids really start to get into it. Yeah, and and they're like you know and and he he kind of has Mel Gibson throughout it keeps on reasoning with it. Now it's it's the the monitors broke the baby monitors broke and no you know you guys are yeah looking you know and, until he really has to face the facts you know that are well, now he's grappling with trying to come to terms with his own reality. Right. Yeah. Like his wife is dead. Yeah. Like, he's still processing through still that reality that, like, he's yeah. still trying to understand that. You know what I mean? And then yeah. there's this other crazy, unbelievable thing. You know what I mean? Imagine, like, I mean, you, you're married. You're engaged. I was married. Yeah. Like, imagine just just finding out that your wife's dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it crush you. It would, and, like, your, your mind, to try to process that and understand that and accept it as reality, mm-hmm. and then, like... Four months later, someone's like, "Oh yeah, there's aliens invading, and your whole family might die." Yeah, you know what I mean. You imagine like That's you a really you would point. absolutely yeah, be out. like, "Nope, I reject it." Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired. tired. No, yeah, whatever yeah. this is, the monitor's making noises. The news says showing some crazy lights in the sky. Just like, no, I can't. I can't do this right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like his attitude in the beginning of the movie yeah. is like, I can't I can't handle this right now. No. Well, and that touches, it's funny, like, Seth, you touch on like four things, actually, that I've been thinking about a lot as it pertains to this movie. The first that I want to mention right now is when you talked about um, signs, and what I th- one of the things that I think is really interesting and a really cool touch to the film, um, because I remember when I was a kid being like, you know, one of the, I say a kid, when I was 14, whatever, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's so, I, I, I love that the film was called Signs, and it wound up not really being about these signs that the aliens were leaving, but these signs that were being conveyed through what we must assume is God um, to Graham and, and to Merrill, which will get... Or at least just the concept that there are no coincidences. Right. That everything meant something. Which then again means there must be like a higher Which exactly something. kind of leads right. you towards some form of divinity, a right. higher power, a greater design. Exactly. You know? And... and and I, and I think that that's great still. I love that that concept. Um, but one of the things I really love that he did is I love when they're it's, – I mean, it's awful, but I, I think it's so so smart that he added this scene where – you remember when the kids are looking at the book and the house looks like their house? Yeah. And there's a dad and two kids or whatever yeah. laying in the, the you know, yard, the dead. Yeah. And the kids are like, it looks like our house. And I think that that's really cool because I think it kind of speaks to this idea that you have to really try to discern when something is – when your fear is taking over and you're making links that don't exist yeah. or when it's actually something that is um, a, you know, calling to you from like a higher place, so yeah. to speak. And I'm we're not going to answer that here because that, that, that takes a lot of discernment. That's hard to discern. But I think that that's interesting because I do think that lies 
and uh, I guess you could call them counterfeits, come side and side with that. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that was really interesting. The other one that you both kind of touched on is before I watched this movie this last time, because I watched it right you know a couple days ago before we were recording this, and the last time I probably watched it was a few years back, mm-hmm. and I've always been like, oh, it's about faith. And this, and it's about faith and Graham's faith and he loses his faith. And what was really interesting for me this time around is it really struck me how much I'm like, it's, and this is, I think, the case with a lot of people who you'll find who have these like really bitter resentments. And I think you see it even, frankly, in a lot of atheists where they say, I don't believe in a God because he took my mother. And you go, you don't believe in a God because he took your mother. Yeah. So you, you sound like you believe in something. And I think one of the things, I think for Graham, I think it's mostly actually about anger. Mm-hmm. And this resentment, and this because and which is really, I mean, like one of those powerful scenes in the film. You know, mm-hmm. when he's holding this kid and he's like, "I hate you." And he's talking to God. He's saying, "I hate you. Yeah. I'm tired of this." And he says, "And when you you think he's lost his faith, he doesn't believe in a God anymore because he says he doesn't want to spend one more second on prayer." But this time around, I'm like, I think he doesn't want to spend one more second on prayer, prayer because, kind of, because his perception is. Forget that guy. It, yeah, I'm done with it. It's not like he doesn't believe in God anymore. It's like when you have a best friend and he betrays you, mm-hmm. or you feel like you've been betrayed, and so you're just yeah. like done with that guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I don't think that there's a. I don't think that there there. You know, let let me be clear. At least when I say like lose faith, you know, um, I think Adam and you would agree with this as well. But I don't think that you can be you can't be human and not have a faith. In something, you know, yeah, I mean, everybody's you have gonna to... have some form of religion, even if yeah. religion is atheism. You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. It, it always like you're gonna have boss. something yeah. that you get. I mean, obviously, some people are more dogmatic than others. Yeah. but you're gonna have something that you identify right. with. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some kind of um, there's some kind of like higher uh, thinking that you subscribe to that you don't fully understand which is called faith, you know, that leads, that, you know, helps kind of like, because discern certain things as a human. So with that being said, I, I definitely think that like when losing his faith, like I would agree with that. Like, I don't think, well, that, and of course, I don't think that he, I think that he became bitter, not uh, faithless, you know? Yeah. It, well, and of course it can, cause it can mean both. Right. But mm-hmm. like I said, that's one thing that's so interesting to me is I think that at, at a point in my life, I, I might have said he stops believing in God because, yeah. His wife died. When that's not the case, is that he got bitter and he got angry. And you see that pessimism in him kind of throughout the film, even when he's talking about um, finding his wife, as awful as that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, before they let her die. You know what happened before they let your mom die? Or before they let, you know, whatever his wife was. I can't remember her name right now. But he talks about it as if there's all these opposing forces that are attacking him and are coming towards him and are directly interfering with his life and with his course. And that's part of the thing that, I mean, and it's... It, it's awful because it's like, what, what are you going to say to somebody who's going through these terrible things? But that's part of the thing that the film does really well also is it really carves out this idea that things might happen for a reason if you don't, even if you don't see it yet. Even if you're not going to see it five years from now, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because there's tons of stuff that is, you know, he talks a lot about, um, obviously with Meryl. Yeah. And this idea of, you know, she told you to swing away. She told great she said she said she told me to see and she told you to swing away and it all meant nothing. And I think we're led to believe in the narrative of the film that it meant something very much. Oh, it was probably the two it was <laughs> incredibly yeah. profound yeah. and kind of the crux of, of the arc there of, you know, with the bat, but like the mm-hmm. bat was incredibly profound. He played it off in the scene with him and Meryl when he's when they're on the couch and he's asking like what kind of person are you? I you love know? It. And he uses that as his example of like 
it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if it's not, then if you don't believe that, then good for you. Yeah, and but live this that whole thing life. is like, like, yeah, he's like, if that's what you want to believe, so be it. I'm not going to take it away from you. But the reason that I believe that we're all just wasting our time is because she said these two meaningless things right. that have absolutely no bearing, mm-hmm. and it ends up being the two most profound things that are said in that whole movie. Right. You know, really. What saves them? Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. and for and that that's the whole, that's the whole point of the movie is mm-hmm. he needed to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that, that. What do you take from that when she said, tell Graham to see? See what? To see his faith, to see life, to see what's really happening in front of him, to see it and know it and accept it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and believe it. I mean, think about it. He's the one person that during the, you know up until the very end is in denial that what is happening is actually happening. You yeah. Know? That's him purposefully choosing not to see. You know, I, I think, I think it, it meant more than just see. It meant like... Accept. Open it. your eyes. Open your eyes spiritually, yes. so to speak. Yeah, you know. Well, and yeah. I think that there's something to be said too. The fact that he, 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 he does open his he because he's res, he's resilient and uh, his opposition of this idea that there are, is there are aliens out there, right? Doesn't matter how much stuff he's seeing, and it's not until he sees himself, he sees the creature that's trapped in yeah. M Knight's characters. Um, Closet, mm-hmm. pantry. When he sees that creature, that's when he comes home and he says, "All right, let's look in the TV." And I think it's really interesting too that he begins to accept the negative about his situation before he sees the positive. Yeah, which I think that's interesting. I think too. he definitely resigns to uh, a much worse fate. He's. I. I think he's at a point that's where, like, you know, they they have the whole dinner thing. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a last meal sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. what do you want to have for your last meal? Who mm-hmm. like, we're all dead. So what does it matter? Let's make whatever. Yeah. Right, you know, and then I, th- they have that whole moment during dinner, and I think that's that's a changing point in him where maybe like he, he wants to try to survive it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still has that part of it where he's a dad and he's trying to save his family, but you can definitely tell that he's he's resigned to his fate during that yeah. that part. Well, I think he's made up his mind what he decided his life is going to be in that moment. I think that it's hard to not um, take life personally. Because it's so personal to each one of us. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you'll get dealt a pretty shitty hand and, and you know, you'll, uh, you know, you'll take it personally. And it's like... Well, David Foster not... Wallace talks about that idea that you are going to be the most real person you ever experienced. Exactly. Sure. You are. Sure. But, you know, something that's interesting even is when they're at the pizza place after they visited the town and, you know, um, and they, they see M. Night. And he gets in the car and M. Night sees them and he gets in the car and they're, you know, the little girls inquiring about it. Like She doesn't that, understand and the voice is that him. And they're all looking at M. Night, but if you notice, uh, this time watching it, it stood out to me like, uh, what's name just started eating, like, right away. And it kind of, like, that Meryl? kind of, yeah, uh, no. Graham. 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 Okay. And that kind of spoke to me because it was just, like, this idea that he's, his mind's made up. Like, he lives in a tragedy. Yeah. He's going to do the best he can in that tragedy, but, like. You know what I mean? Like you, you ain't, you're not changing his mind, and uh, you know, and you, and you can live your life that way. You know, I'm not saying that you can't, but I mean at the same time, I think that that can get very miserable very quick. You know, and and uh, and you don't, you just don't know it all, and 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 it's like that. How can you say that? How can you say that to someone who lost their wife? You know what I mean? Or is going going through a really hard time or hard thing? But it's like you know, you only see part of the picture uh, that you're in. You know. Um, and that goes for everyone all the time, you know. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. 
Well, and, and there's a, a quick sidebar and everything you said when you're like, I, cause I didn't notice the gram. I don't think I noticed the gram started eating right away. Yeah. Um, but I will say that there's, and you said this, mentioned this earlier, Adam, that there's so many little things in the background in there. And something just happened. I watched this a few days ago with my cousin and there was, there was a scene like that. Where I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, I totally didn't recognize that that was in my, you know, little yeah. cousin said he was like, yeah, I was thinking that same thing. It's really interesting the amount of detail he puts into it, which I appreciate. All of his movies are like that. Very That's and again, they're not just for no reason. Like you said, he starts eating right away. What does that say? Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, it's, it's it's a lot of things that, like, I when I watched it recently, I watched it with my dad. When did and you watch it most recently? Wednesday, I think. Okay, so okay. real recently. Yeah. So about a week ago. Yeah. I wanted to, wanted to freshen up on it. And I remember there's the part in the very beginning um, where he hears... Um, hears his daughter scream and mm-hmm. it's like the very beginning like basically opening sequence of the movie yes and he's in the bathroom and you see it's just a, it's just a shot like through the bathroom door and you kind of just know that he's in there like brushing his teeth mm-hmm. and you see the outline of where a cross used to be yeah. on the wall you know what I mean yeah I didn't yeah I noticed awesome. that yeah like I love that. I remember noticing that like the first time I saw that movie. I noticed like yeah, there was there used to be a cross there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, but my yeah. dad had never noticed it before, and it's yeah. and that's one of the, and a lot of people notice that. But there's there's so many subtle things, and it's like, so that's, many subtle that's things, what yeah. I was I meant when I like earlier like the way that he tells the story is not only through the dialogue and through like what's actively happening. So much of the story yeah. is told in what's just in the, in the scene. Yeah. What's in the surroundings. You and know what before I mean? we get off that, I wanted to talk about the beginning, even though it's not really like there's no deep meanings, but just to give M. Night some uh, credit. Um, I love the first, the opening of this movie because it's like, he builds your tensions up with the music. It's crazy. And then like, there's like a, you know, it's, it's dawn and it's like a beautiful view out the window right mm-hmm. but you know something's wrong because you just got like freaked the hell out from the music in right. the beginning so you see this and, and then you know so it's creepy more than peaceful and then once again it goes to him uh the picture of him you know you can tell that he's a family man yes. he was a reverend mm-hmm. so that now now you have that that's not going to get explained to you um he wakes up like you said, he gets out, goes, you can tell that he had a cross, which it's like, now what does that tell you? That tells you that he lost his, or he took it down. He's done with his faith. So that's great. This is an integral mean? part of him, enough to like, yeah. have a representation of it hanging in his house, exactly. and now it's empty. So it's like, just in that 30 seconds, I love that. Um, Not a single word so spoken. Exactly. And, and yet like, you know so much about this, yeah. this, this man. It's like a score done right, acting done right, yeah. yeah. Uh, a scene, you know, setting up the movie correctly so there's not like exposition of like oh you lost yeah, your like, it's not like that none of that all of the I'm information so that, that yeah. you need to understand what's going on is there mm-hmm. it's just not being like oh it's just not being Throwing narrated yeah. at you you know what i mean right it's there for you to and the way that he does it is like like i said it's this movie you you understand it mm-hmm. like in your soul more than like you understand it in your head yeah. It's like you, because you're experiencing it, because it's all these subtle things, yeah. you just know, like you just have a feeling like this is what's going on. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Even though it hasn't been explained at all, it's just people, I mean, what is it, 80% of communication is nonverbal, something right, like that? Yeah. You mean like, that is this movie. Yeah. 80% right. of the information that's presented to you has is not coming from the actors or a narrator or anything. Right. Like there's obviously no narrator, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's not being yeah. told to you. It's there for you to experience and see even though like subconsciously mm-hmm. you don't you may not know that you're picking up on it but yeah. it's there which that takes I think that takes a lot from 
a director to do successfully. Right. Um, so, easy to roast them, but... I wanted to ask you, too, what, because, had your dad seen it before? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Is he a fan? Absolutely. Yeah. What is his big thing? Uh, no, he. it's funny, when I started it, I was... Uh, <clears throat> I was, I was like, hey, you want to watch this movie? He's like, no, if I start that movie, like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have to watch the whole thing. That's it. You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just, I'll just be stuck. And I was, I was like, all right, well, then I, you know, I'll wait. I'll, you know, I'll watch it at a different time. <clears throat> and he was like, no, no, it's fine. You can watch it. So I put it on. And I know, like, he's watching the movie, like, over my shoulder. <laughs> so I just, like, unplug my headphones. <laughs> and he's just like, well, I'm like, Dad, like, Let's just watch this movie. Yeah, let's just watch the movie together. And enjoy the evening. You know what I mean? Like, instead of being a weirdo and watching it over my shoulder. <laughs> Did you have a conversation with him about it? No, there was a lot of stuff that, like, he didn't remember. He hasn't seen it in a while. So there's, like, the whole opening sequence. He's like, I don't remember any of this. And I'm like, that's fine. You're old. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, but you get no, a pass, he, yeah. Yeah, he... You know he loves it. He's he's a huge fan. It's funny because even though I've told him a million times, he doesn't didn't know that like M Night did the Village and Signs and The Sixth Sense, yeah. which are all in my dad's top favorite movies. Sure, you know so, I mean? so especially with him being like he's a Bruce Willis fan and he's a Mel Gibson fan. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you you've known that. For I know years. he's like, yeah, he's a big Bruce my, Willis guy. Yeah, but my dad and I like that's our thing is Bruce Willis movies. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and Mel Gibson movies. Yeah. Specifically Bruce Willis. <laughs> that's great. And so yeah, and I, I think. I just the other day, I, I think when I told him that Emma did all of those, he like that was the first time he knew that he had directed all of those. That's great. That's great. So no, he's he's a fan. Was was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about? I wanted to ask your guys' opinion on something, and I don't know if this is M Night's call or if it's the and I can't remember his name right now. The cinematographer I meant to refresh up on his name. He's um, but he it does... should be it should be noted that Adam is big into photography. Like, yes, like well, a little bit. Being a professional photographer, <laughs> like yeah. a tiny bit. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so I tend I just, to pay attention when you say to that, the like, cinematography. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, my question is: Did do you? And I want. I don't have an answer for this, and I wanted you guys' opinion. He does these weird one shots that are really interesting. The way that he chooses to use them, like there's the scene when the sheriff or the, the you know the late the cop lady, I can't remember her name, when she's. Who's, um, by the way, great. She's no, like, she's, everything she's I see awesome her in, she's that. excellent. Yeah. But go ahead. But when she's at the table and she's asking them questions, there's it's it's before Graham sits down when he's still talking to his She's daughter. like, I don't appreciate the smart Alec attitude, that whole thing. Well, no, this is before that. Okay. When it's just uh, Meryl at the table yes. and the camera is on her and Graham's son, um, uh, Macaulay Culkin's little brother what's his name rory culkin yeah no rory? i'm trying to remember what his name is in the yeah i know i can't i just watched this he's talking about, him about the walkie-talkie yeah. Yeah. yeah and then and the camera does this one shot where it just rotates all the way around and, it, and it's a wide shot so it's this rotating wide angle shot over to joaquin phoenix's character he says his line and then the camera pans all the way back over across the table to her and she says her line so it's this weird one shot where it's not a cut the camera moves with each character talking, and then he does it again later on with when they're in the um, <clears throat> the camera goes from the living room with with Graham talking about all the all the glasses of water, and he's like going to you know what I mean? He's like, why do I have all these water? I think, but it's a shot from the living room of Graham, and the whole camera moves over to the closet with the TV in it, and Meryl comes out and he's talking about something, and then it, and then it comes back over and 
Graham delivers his line again. And it's, it's just these these really interesting one-shots that happen in that movie. And I'm trying to like figure out why. Like, what is well, it about this? I, I mean, to answer the question, it, it, if the question is, is it intentional, I think the answer is absolutely it's absolutely yes. intentional. So I was just curious so they, what your guys' opinion on, like, did, I, did you notice that and did you get a feeling from it? It's, it's, it's funny because, so, the way that cinematography might be your wheelhouse specifically as it pertains to film that's directors tend to be for mine and so i've done enough i've heard enough directors talk about their work and watch enough essays uh on how something is shot to know that there's a certain feeling that's supposed to be evoked through that and so my question to you was because to be honest with you i don't really notice the scene but i do remember him doing those scene those kind of long pans in multiple films i think they're they're subtle because like when you think of infamous one shots you think of like um of uh, uh, children of men, you yes. know what I mean? That, like, oh that really gosh. famous, like that yeah. hour-long mm-hmm. one shot, you know? <laughs> right, he's like, really long. Exactly, long and like you know, part, like uh, the Shining with the you know going around the, the with the kid on the on the scooter or the mm-hmm. little yes. big wheels, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you think of these really famous one shots, and really. the way that he uses them in this film, they're they're really subtle. You almost don't notice that it's a one shot. Well, what I would ask you is, what what do you feel like it evoked from you? See, I, I can't wrap my finger around it. I don't know. I know he it's shot really wide for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of the shots are shot wide and they're shot very close. Yes. There are no shots at any long distance. Yeah, I took I just took it as um I mean, for one, quite a few of the shots in it are pretty unique. You know, of yeah. course. But it's like I like those shots because I feel like it's a um a lot more like personal way to do it. I think that's what it is. I think that's you know, why he shoots it wide. You like physically yeah, feel right. closer to the actor. Yeah, I was gonna say like pro- even even the one shot it probably has. I, I thought about that. I, you know, like, obviously, uh, that's like you feel like you're at the table. Yeah, right. It's not like the camera is following a character around. It's mm-hmm. just like if like we could do it right here at this table. You know what I mean? Like I could be panning yeah. from one of us to the other, and it makes you feel like you're physically Which at the table. Which is kind of uncomfortable because you have a static position in the scene. Well, the that audience was, is static. Yeah. That's my, what it is. My yeah. Inst- yeah, I was going to say, my instinctual reaction was going to be it keeps you in the room, right? It keeps mm-hmm. you... And we talked a lot in, earlier on about how this is a person... Like, his films tend to be point of view. In the village, um, you are in that protagonist... The, the protagonist's shoes throughout that film. You yes. know what they know. Yeah. Same thing happens for science. Same thing happens for Bruce Willis and Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. You're always in the shoes of that person discovering it as, they, as you, you know, go along with that character. And so it must have to do with that. I'm sure yeah. it probably ties into the idea I, that I want you to be in this house. I, yeah, and I, I, I like think that's the, the difference with signs is that you feel, you almost, you physically feel like you're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of how it's all shot wide, it's shot very close. It's, he does these one shots where you're during, it's always during a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not following, uh, that's, it's not following one of the characters through the house or anything. It's, right. it's between very specific dialogue between two different people. Yeah. And it feels like, just like I'm sitting here and you guys, if you were talking to each other and so I'm going this. back and forth. Right. That's what it feels like. And I, it's, I definitely, it was done intentionally for that, but it's, it's interesting. Like, how does that affect the story for you as you're experiencing it. it it feels personal it feels like yeah you... yeah it feels personal and i think that it's something where it's like fascinating you know like you want go into someone's house like you could look in that corner and see like well, okay what's on that shelf like and it gives you an idea of like who like why why you know why is there a medical kit on that shelf over right. there you know it's like well you know you can make conclusions there's a lot you can deduce from that right and i think that that in general i mean that plays into even like the crossing off the wall and stuff like that like uh, like in the tv being in the why is there a tv in the um closet closet why are there cups all over the place right you know what i mean like it all makes sense towards the end a lot of these things but you know when you're watching it uh 
yeah, it's like it, it's like painting a picture. Uh, yeah, painting a picture. You know. Right. Um, he's tr- he's he's he's, uh, you know, describing you describing to you like what his master plan is. You know what it like, is? Yeah. It's like movies like uh, Cloverfield, <clears throat> where it's shot like home footage kind of thing. Yeah, found footage. Found films. footage. I feel like it's. I feel like it's what found footage wants to do, mm-hmm. where it like it feels like you're there because how many of us have rewatched home videos that we've made? You right. Know what I mean, yeah. where it's like, oh, I could totally like this looks like real life. This looks uh-huh. like I could have been there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas he's done that with this movie, but without the whole found footage thing, it's just shot in such a way where you constantly, like I said, POV. It feels yeah. it feels like you are physically there watching it. Yeah. You know, happen in, in, in front of you in real time. You're experiencing everything at the same time. When Graham wakes up and the TV's gone and it's just an extension cord and he's like, why is there an extension cord here? Right. And he just follows it and finds Meryl in the closet with Which the TV. Which is very clever. And that's yeah, with, no, him but... I, with M. Night in general, that's what I'm saying. He's he's so unique. You can say yeah. what you want about him, but he's a unique... I think, that is I think such that's an it. interesting shot. Yeah. And the way he shoots it, like the scene starts with the camera on the ground. Mm-hmm. with the And it's shot really wide, a wide-angle lens. And the extension cord is there, and you don't know if that's part of the scene or not. You notice it really when he notices it. You're right. just seeing him on the couch, and all of a sudden he's like, looks down at the ground, and you're like, oh yeah, there's an extension cord yeah. there. The camera's on the... You know, like, what's going on here? Yeah, like, right. it's so... It's, no, it's, it's done so well. But I'm like, I kind of want... This time watching it through, I kind of want to watch it, like, in black and white. I feel like that would be, like, really cool. Because it feels like an older movie. Um, it does have an older movie. Yeah, it has which a, I really yeah, appreciate. Like it has an older movie Well, it's a lot feel. of kind of... Like, because it's shot so wide, it's a lot of... There's a surprising amount of almost... It's almost like forced perspective, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that shot with the camera shot wide on the floor with the extension cord there, but with Graham still in the background. Yeah. To, done to a degree where you don't even, you almost don't notice it until he notices it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, it's a little bit yeah. like a forced perspective thing. And I like it because it's like he mixes, uh, it's almost like he mixes, like, uh, Twilight Zone with, like, modern day horror, and it just works. It's a really good way to put it. You know? There's, <laughs> um, there was one more thing that I, I wanted to bring up, because, you know, usually when I'm watching the film, I'm... I'm particularly taken with Graham's character, and I still am mm-hmm. this time around. But um, especially as the years have gone on, and we've seen more and more of how what an incredible actor Joaquin Phoenix is. Yeah, I was really interested in Meryl this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the decision that he came. You know, there's a lot of scenes you could point to, like you know when the sheriff says to him, "She's like, you know, it's really, it's really great you came to live with your brother," and he's like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't even think I'm really helping." And she's like, "Trust me, you're helping." And then later on, they've got, you know, the whole, uh, I wish I could remember the Calkin kid's name. I can't believe, I can't remember it. I remember every character in this name is, they're all the family's name except for him. What's the daughter's name? Bo. Bo, that's right, Bo. And, and you all said, you said Rory, so I was going to say Rory. But, Morgan. But Morgan, that, that's it. Morgan, oh, thank you. So when Morgan is, he says, he's like, I wish you were my dad. And yeah. he's like, don't say that to me. Bo. Don't ever say that yeah. again. But the other scene, the the one that really, the thing that really stuck out to me this time I really liked is that uh, Meryl's destiny, so to speak, when you talk about Swing Away, was related to both his success in the past and his failure. Mm-hmm. Do you know well, what I mean? They're, they're completely intertwined. Because they said, he said, he was like, he, the guy's talking to him, he's like, oh my gosh, you had more home the, runs than how, whatever. Yeah, the, the long, like the home run long drive. Right, record, whatever it 500 is. 500 and something yards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sports stuff. Yeah. But it's like, you did the you did the sports thing good. Yeah. But then the other guy's like, you did the sports thing really bad a lot of times. He also yeah. has the most strikeouts. Yeah. And 
I don't know. That's something, that's something that really was important to me this time around, is this idea that the things that his successes and his failures are both what has made him how he is, and it has both, both of those things have led him to what he was eventually going to do, which is swing that bat, baby. Because that's what you were made to do, but it's not why you thought you were made to do it, maybe. It's also very similar to Graham's, awesome. yeah. Graham's character arc in the sense that the thing that brought him the greatest joy also ended his, basically, end, like was the reason why he couldn't make a career in, in baseball. Yeah. And so he also had lost faith in yeah. his, his, his identity as a minor league baseball But his was player. more inside himself, probably. Well, is Graham's, like he, like he, is Graham's faith not inside of himself? No, no, what I mean is Gra- Graham lost faith, I think, in something external. But he always depended on something external. I think Merrill might have been a character. Merrill's was more, identity was built into his... It was his, about himself, was like on uh, his perception of himself, though, is what I mean. Because even what I love is that he goes to Graham and says, will you help me, like, feel better? Remember, that's what he says, like, can't you pretend to be like you used to be? Hmm. And that makes me almost wonder if... Graham, if Merrill was more inward focused uh, and Graham was more externally focused, I don't know. I think they had a similar struggle. I think if your identity is in being a pastor and having faith, or your identity is being in a minor league baseball player, potentially going pro, like both of them had those things that were the core of who they were shattered. Yeah, I guess again, it's like what's your religion? <laughs> so his religion was based. I hear you. Yeah, like uh, imagine, yeah, just you. His religion was his baseball. Sure. You know? so but I think worship, yeah. To an extent. So they, they both were having a lack of faith and both kind of came to the same conclusion. He was like, you know, this no, guy no, there's a reason for this, didn't though. want to swing a baseball bat again because not only did he have the home run record, but he had the strikeout record yeah. to the nth degree and then ended up being his fate, you know, his mm-hmm. destiny. He saved the family. Was to save the family by swinging his baseball bat and cracking awesome. it over an alien's head. You know what That's I mean? Great. Like... Science is great. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so freaking good. I know, man. Well, last thing I want to say is it's funny. Like, I love the scene where they yes. run around the house. and I mean, it's I'm losing my mind! Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. losing my mind. Oh, he definitely has, like, even in, and I hate to bring it up, but in the worst movie ever made, just about, The Happening. <laughs> Which I am M. Night's hoping, debacle. Yeah. I've come around to The Happening, let me tell you, but... I think that that was a middle finger to the industry. I think it was too. No, which is yeah. awesome. I've said that since the beginning. I still think it's horrible. Yeah, yeah I remember. And I was but so... I think it's purposely horrible, which is kind of I great. I think so too. Yeah. Because he is too good at what he does to make a bad I, movie. Even, yeah, I, they, I honestly believe that's that. That's the humor. And that, like think... you said, the humor is so good. Like, he's like, what? No. What was that part with Mark Wahlberg? I forget what they were like. Damn. Like, yeah, he's like, ma'am, I, no, I don't mean that at all. He's so oblivious and it's intentional like how like, stupid how his, how, how his girlfriend or whatever potentially like cheated on him and he's like talking about how like he, what was it oh he's like I, I went and I, he says something like I bought like I bought something I didn't need to buy or something it was a completely oh I thought the girl at the counter was cute or something and so I went and bought gum yeah. just to say hi to her again. exactly and she said, did you really even do that and he turns at her and shakes his head and he's like no but he says it cause as, as if like he's really got one on her like, like yes. yeah you cheated on me well I did this and you're like that's a nothing that's nothing it. and it was a lie yeah and then he's like lying about it and you're just like God and I don't think he could have been that intentional with the humor and not have known this movie's garbage like I'm not giving you bad. and I think it probably came from the fact that he heard so many people go ah his stuff's always the same thing so he's like alright here's a gore movie here's a horror movie dude and yeah. it's plants there's your twist Boom. Yeah. You know? No, I definitely think it was a big middle finger. I think I think Avatar 
I don't, that's I mean, bad. I, that, that's, that was that's bad. Unforgivable. That was a failure. It was unforgivable. The happening. It's unprecedented. I have, that, I have yeah. said that almost. I, it took me a day to recover, and then on that on the second day, I decided that it was a big middle finger. <laughs> Do you know that? Like, I just saw a, a, a Facebook post of mine talking about the, his his adaptation of Avatar: The Last Airbender. And it's so sad. I just, I'm not kidding. I saw this today. And I was like, going to see Avatar The Last Airman. They're so excited. LOL, LOL, With, and then tagged all the people we were all going to see it with. Oh, yeah. And I then, like, saying. the next day was like, I am in duress. <laughs> The Avatar: The Last Airbender is the worst it piece was of garbage. So bad, it's so bad. I think we were all silent after it ended, and then just kind of like slowly looked around at each other, like, "Oh, it was." Did so this just bad. happen? It's so bad. <laughs> oh. Especially because we love that. That was like one of our big connection points. Actually, was Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Um, now, Signs is about a lot of things, but I think it's it, it's. It's a really good. It's it's M Night Shyamalan at like his peak, just about. You know what I mean? For me, anyways, yeah. as far as like what he's really good at, and like when when you think of him, you think of Signs. Honestly, you know what I mean? Like uh, Sixth Sense, The Village, uh, Lady in the Water. Like you. Well, this one has it all, and I will say I agree with that because it's like it ha- it's scary, it's it's funny, it's uh, action packed. There's heart it's got in heart. it. Like I will say, what's it called? Uh, Sixth Sense is a little. Funny enough, it's I wouldn't even say it's too dark for me because I like dark stuff. But I'm just saying, like, it feels like it's more about the 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 twist. It feels like a soap opera. Like I'm not knocking it. Yeah, I hear you. It I hear you. Feels like a, it doesn't have as much heart as this one. Yeah, or even Unbreakable. Uh, we haven't mentioned that. Yeah, which is but that one's great. I love that movie. But yeah, oh, how do you feel about the other two? <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, when we're off the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, because I I I, I'm to build I feel I'm up. gonna give you I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. give you a bullet point. Okay. Yeah, we're trying to like be. Yeah, we're trying to vindicate M Night. We don't want. Yeah. I'll give you this. I think that, and and I'm and I'm, not, I'm gonna say it without any spoilers because I, if people haven't seen them, I would encourage them to see them for these reasons. The first is, in terms of split, um, I think that when you're talking about, I think it's a question of do the means justify the ends, and in that film, the ends might justify, might the ends are are so good. So maybe that's one of my favorite experiences I've ever had in a movie ever. That last. The, tw- the twist, quote-unquote. Yeah. When that happened to me, and I, I'm i getting goosebumps now. I was like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Then when Glass came around... I haven't seen Glass yet. I'm not going to tell you then. Yeah, don't. And I'm, I don't imagine that you'll like it. But you've, you've got, you you got to be well box. enough to make that call, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. We'll talk. But, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk. I want, I want it. We'll talk. But you know Unbreakable... Remember when we talked about how my dad and I have like a Bruce Willis? Oh Bruce yeah, thing? oh I know. That is one of the two movies that I can point to specifically that are like, that's our boy, Bruce Willis. Yeah. You know what I mean? There so you go. Like, oh yeah, it's so yeah. good. I love so when I saw that twist with Split, I was like, duh. I would rather like, take. I would yeah. rather. I would rather take Unbreakable by itself. I'll say that. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah. That's me. That's yeah. what I'll tell you. And I, I think it could have been fine by itself. It's like yeah. these other two, like definitely feel like an afterthought. Yes. Yeah. Like Unbreakable, it's like it was made to be. Which is just interesting that. because I guess it wasn't. Really? Mm-hmm. Which okay, let's do this because we need to la- we need to land this ship. <laughs> so I want to do two things. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to give me and you started a little bit, but in in a in a in conclusion, what is what is signs about? What do you get from signs? Um, I get it is it, it's incredible storytelling to the point where it's like it, it's almost inspirational to see how. The story is is told. 
I think. So from whether it be the craft of the cinematography or the the directing, the writing, whatever, I think it is it is a beautifully told story. And I love how subtle it is in the way that the story is told. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really powerful story. And <clears throat> I love how it's it is it's about this family going through an alien invasion, but the alien invasion is such an afterthought, really, in the context of what's going on with this family. You know what I mean? Um, the only, and I, I will say the only criticism I have is I feel like the sons, the relationship between Morgan and Graham feels forced and and I, I it doesn't feel believable. It's the one critique I have that whole movie when okay. he's like, I hate you. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and it's built with these little comments like, Dad's going to burn the chicken again. You know what I mean? Although like, I am just now thinking about how interesting it is that Morgan says that he hates... Graham and then Graham says that he hates God. Yeah, there is but that side of it. That, I just thought about that now. You but. you could you you could see it for that for sure, sure and kind of make that connection, but it feels unintentional. I hear you. Everything that he does is so intentional that it felt like the relationship between Morgan and Graham felt a little forced and like a little not believable. But other than that, I I think the story is incredibly powerful. I think the way that it's shot and the way that you experience this movie, like I cannot watch this movie to this day without choking up, like in four specific different places. And so I mean? that's kind. Of, and so, what does it do for you? Like, what do you? What helps you function from it? What do you learn from signs? I'm a firm believer in that. There's there's no coincidences, and I I think the the, the function for me is. It's inspiring to see a movie, to see that human beings can can come through tragedy in. And it, it like it it sucks. The tragedy sucks. What they go through sucks. It's not fun. You know what I mean? Like they have a difficult time, but they come out of the other end. You know what I mean? And sometimes life throws you a curveball, and then it throws you one right after. You know yeah. what I mean? And like it's it's a story of human perseverance and you know individual perseverance and like family perseverance. Yeah, I want to touch on that real quick because it's something that I also noticed this time watching is the beginning of the movie is like uh, outside the window. And it's like everything's peaceful and, and it's dark. And then the end of the movie is outside the window and the window's shattered. And it, but the sun's rising. And you, and you hear the beautiful. kids playing. And you hear, yeah, it's like it's beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I think that that's cool because like there's this aspect where it's like the home's, the home's more broken but the family's more together in a way. That's yeah, very good. That's, that's good. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I guess, yeah, it's, so what kind of person are you, right? I guess that's the question. Yeah. I'm, I'm a there's no coincidences kind of person. I... She was gonna throw up in my mouth. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. It's beautiful. It's funny. And it's but it's 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 poignant. It's it's it is. Yeah, and it's really cool that that scene is in there. Yeah. It like to pose that question because a good story should at some point pose a question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's you're right. I didn't even I, I wanted to touch on that and I and I forgot that that question was posed and it, it's not the central theme of the movie but it is an interesting thing it's an interesting little caveat to throw in there like yeah. while all this is going on also you have this question of like well what would i do and it's more it's it's it just goes further into bringing the audience into the story like you're really there you are really questioning that like what kind of person am i am i a miracles person or am i like it's all bullshit person yeah you know yeah what you, you gotta trying? figure it out <laughs> i think that's it yeah 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 how about I, you what do you do you feel comforted <laughs> yeah then what does it matter <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us um, I uh, 
the last thing I, I did want you to do, Adam, if you wanted to, was uh, do you want to plug your uh, plug yourself? Sure. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm a professional photographer. You can find me on Instagram at Adam Agnew Media, and you can also see my website at adamagnewmedia.com. Awesome. That's it. I love you, man. I'm cool. glad you're Thanks, here. Guys. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right, and with that, we're gonna sign out. See you later. Until next time. <laughs> I just saluted a microphone, but nobody will ever know I did that. <laughs>